Dicey messaged me a month or so back and said she found a CD under her bed that she was afraid to listen to. The CD had four songs on it, all composed, played, and sang by her teenage best friend Jordan, who had died tragically in a car accident while still in high school. She wanted to listen to it, she said. She just wasn't sure if she could or what it would mean to her so many years later. I invited her on the show and proposed we listen to it together. After chatting with Dicey and thinking about this musical connection she had with her friend, I couldn't quit thinking about Amanda. I met Amanda when I transferred high school in the middle of sophomore year, and we shared several classes together, but it was senior year gym where we really bonded, or rather, where we both realized that our 45-minute physical education class was right before our 30-minute lunch, so we used this scheduling advantage to take the whole hour and 15 minutes for ourselves each day. Right as the chaotic midday bell rang, we would book it to the side lot of the school where her mom's minivan was parked. We would throw in our backpacks, jump in, and I would find the masterpiece tape she kept in the glove box. We would drive around Green Hills with the windows down, blasting, make them say, uh, and I really miss my homies. We would get chicken sandwiches from Wendy's or duck into the mall when it had a little food court, but that was dangerous as the security guards were on the lookout for delinquent renegade youth such as ourselves. Mostly we just drove and listened to that tape on repeat and talked about whatever popped into our heads. She teased me for being a hippie and I would give her shit for something or another, but it was good fun. We both had strong friend groups, but still sort of felt like weirdos deep down, and we bonded over that. Amanda and I weren't close close, but we kept up through Facebook and she came through New York a couple of times when I was living there, but like so many meetups with friends from high school, it fell through. We promised we would make it work next time. When our high school planned its 20-year reunion in 2019 at a spot literally up the street from my house, I declined to go. I felt like I had kept in touch with anyone I cared about, and besides, it's not so hard to find out what anyone you've ever known is up to nowadays. What did I need to spend 50 bucks for the privilege of sitting around eating bad bar food and making small talk for? I really regret that decision now. That winter, after not working for most of the year, I took a seasonal retail job at the Green Hills Mall, and one morning before work, I was on a Facebook page set up solely for memorials and the news of alumni deaths from our school. I was scrolling through when her picture hit me. It had been posted just moments before by a mutual friend. Fumbling and dumbstruck, I messaged him. It was her heart, he said. Maybe a heart attack, maybe something else. No one knew. I drove to work that day on those same streets that Amanda and I had playfully terrorized 20 years ago and thought about how bizarre losing someone is. One minute, there's a fully formed person in the world with a past and a future who has books they've been meaning to read on their nightstand and cereal in their pantry and toothpaste on their sink and items in their Amazon cart. And then all of a sudden, only the shape of them exists. I drove down Hillsborough Road that day and played Master P and laughed out loud at the insanity of 16-year-old girls. And even though I don't believe in an afterlife, I knew that she did. And I hope she was watching me drive to my mall job, listening to a rapper growl out, uh, and laughing her ass off. Someone doesn't have to be your best friend or be with you for a long time to have a profound impact. Usually, it just takes a willingness to show you their true self and to give you an opportunity to do the same in return. On today's show, my guest Dicey Wildman and I talk about her friend Jordan, the music she made, and the shape of her in Dicey's life today. This is Memento Story. Hi, Dicey. Hey. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm okay. Good. I'm glad that you're here. 
Yeah, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> You're like, I don't know if I'm glad that I'm here. That's fair. No, I am. This is good. I like to talk about death. So this is a nice opportunity. <laughs> That's right. You do. You do like to talk about death. You make films mm-hmm. and work with film and filmmakers. And you have an interest in sort of horror and horror adjacent. Yeah. So that's that's definitely my focus mm-hmm. is horror films. And particularly, I, me and my partners try to do short feminist horror films. But death is definitely a part of that, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so you reached out to me, which I really appreciated. And the tone of that message, and I don't know if this is accurate, but the tone of that message felt like, in my mind, I imagined you like looking for like wrapping paper under your bed or something and pulling out a box and then like the CD came out with it and you're like, here's this thing and I don't know what to do with it because it feels too heavy to sort of deal with right now. And you shared with me about your friend and which we'll, you know, we'll get into, but it, it felt like it felt like you had messaged me like in real time with finding this object, which I really loved because it just felt like a really sincere moment. Yeah. My mom had asked me to go through a box of old CDs because mm-hmm. okay. um, who needs CDs anymore <laughs> and why do we have these? And so, but so, you know, she's kind of going through things. I'm going through this box and I'm just like only interested in the, in the mix CDs, honestly, because like they're kind of artifacts of, you know, people making presents for you and stuff like that. And so those are the only ones I'm looking at. And then I stumble on this CD and this face that um, I like think about a f- like a lot, but I, it, yeah, it just felt really heavy. It felt all of a sudden like it was a thing that I had to, I had to come to terms with mm-hmm. something that it wasn't something that I, f- like I showed my mom and she was like, oh, well, are you going to play it? Mm-hmm. I was like, nope, mm-hmm. nope, don't know how to do that. And the, so then, yeah, I did. And like I told you when I got here that I was picturing this like Werner Herzog grizzly man (laughs) moment of like it's too intense to listen to like yeah in that way that the things that you love when you're in high school are kind of so imprinted on who Mm. you are and yet are not who you are anymore and like I don't know I feel it felt heavy yeah yeah so and so you said you saw a face so what whose face did you see so on the cover of the home burned CD is just like a single where like this jacket would be is just like a single piece of paper that's clearly been cut out by scissors Mm -hmm. and it's like an early photoshop version of my friend Jordan's face and then like a little cut out of her playing guitar and then like a little vine clip art (laughs) thing added to it yeah on the actual cd itself it's just it says it's like not for sale and it's for promotional use only (laughs) and then these track names that like i don't remember the the names of her songs but i went to every single show that she ever ever played yeah and yeah it's i feel like it's gonna be very interesting to listen to how old was jordan on this cd cover so she looks like a baby but i think she must have been 15 or 16 that's kind of a baby such a baby right yeah that's that's a baby truly so jordan was your friend yeah and how long did you know jordan from when like when to when once you were like yes let's do this Mm -hmm. i've what do i even what is that story and i can't even remember how we met but we were friends in those early high school years she went to high school with my first boyfriend and just immediately we were very close and she was just this incredibly like brave vivacious human she had bright red hair mm-hmm. 
And I think I sort of, as a personality type, I'm really attracted to, like, very bold people. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was definitely that. And so I really quickly became, like, well, her, like, unofficial stylist. (laughs) But anytime she had a show at one of, like, four coffee shops that she played at regularly, I would, like, bring a bag of clothes and jewelry. And we would, like, change in the bathroom. And we would, like, drive around to parks and sit outside and talk about boys. Yeah. It was, like, before even, like, drinking and smoking were a part of our lives. It was, like, the rebellion was just, like, I'm going to sit in this park after Mm -hmm. it closes. And I was, like, very innocent. Yeah, I remember those years. And it it is. It's, it's like, such a magical time in a lot of ways. Because for most people, what you think of is, like, getting into trouble is pretty mild, you know, compared to what you could be doing at that age. So. Was this here in Nashville or was mm-hmm. this? And so what coffee shops was she playing at? So there was a little coffee shop down in Franklin at the little cute square mm-hmm. area there. And I think that one was called Jam and Java. Okay. If there was like ever a more 90s coffee shop name yeah. ever. Perfect. That was great. I remember sitting there very vividly. Yeah. Um, and then there was a there was one on Old 96. She lived out in the country. And okay. so like... And I can't remember what that one was called. Something bean, something, you know, it was like some <laughs> yeah. chain. Yeah. And then like, I think like Cafe Coco. Oh, yeah. But just like one. Classic. Yeah. Like that was like kind of a big deal one. <laughs> um, so I'm from Nashville, but like have no musical talent whatsoever. No ambition in that yeah. direction at all. And frankly, I feel very thankful to not be burdened <laughs> with that. And so she was the first person I really knew that was my age. That was like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be important yeah yeah do you think she would have been yeah yeah Yeah, I really do like that's part of why it's actually I don't like really complicated for me to think about because like she definitely would have been like she was so cool she was so brave and like yeah she definitely would have been definitely she grew up Mormon and I grew up with no religion and so I have like only as an adult really started to understand what it means for people to have to like get out of their religion that they grew up in. And so she was 15 and writing very personal songs, at least as I remember them. I don't know. We'll see. And like really defining who she was and and with a, with a a bravery that I think is really impressive. Mm -hmm. What kind of an effect do you think, do you think she had a lasting effect on you? Yeah. So Part of the reason I reached out to you is because I had, I I felt bad that she left this art to the world and that I had never listened to it again after she died. Yeah. I was super fan, super friend, super fan. Like, it was such a big deal to me. She was so cool and great and amazing. And I, I mean, I really went to every one of her shows. And then the minute she died... It was over. Yeah. And I never listened to it again. And that group of friends that we were all kind of friends with, like, kind of weren't friends anymore. And it just, like, almost was like it never even happened. Mm -hmm. Like, it didn't exist. And so I feel really bad. Like, I feel like if I died right now and I found out that nobody watched any of the films (laughs) that I made, I would be like, well, fuck you guys. Like, that's what I was doing was making this for you. Yeah. So what happened? She died in a car wreck. And... I don't really know. Also, this was like before a lot of stuff was on the internet. So I actually tried to Google it to see if I could find a news report or something like that. And that doesn't exist, or at least not in my like, not very good research skills. But she and her friend and her little sister were in the car 
And what the story that we all told ourselves, we all shared, and I don't know if this is true because I couldn't verify any of it now, but was that like this one little part of road out in the country where she lived was really dangerous when it rained. And like that little stretch, a few people had gotten in bad car wrecks like that year Mm -hmm. there. And she died instantly as far as I know. I mean, like, who knows, you know, who knows what people were even telling me? Like I was 15. Like maybe there was more there. Yeah. And then her friend, whose name I don't remember, which makes me feel like an asshole. She was in a coma for like two weeks, but she was fine. And her little sister was okay. Do you remember who told you or how you found out? Yeah. So I don't remember the guy's name. But he was one of the people we were all friends with. And um, he went to high school with her, but I didn't didn't go to that school. And I remember he called on my, like, personal line, my personal phone line in my bedroom. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And he was like, have you heard? And at that point, it wasn't that she was gone. It was that she was in a car wreck. And I remember walking into the kitchen where my parents were, and I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, and I remember they were both like, they didn't know what to do. Yeah. And my mom was like, well, call the hospitals. Let's call the hospitals and see what's going on. But she was already dead then. When yeah. did you find out that she was dead? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. How, how long had it been since you had seen her? Well, that's a good question. You know, tops two weeks. Yeah. Like, like we, very recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you remember the last time you talked to her? Nope. Yeah, I think I think it might have been because I was thinking about this because of coming on here and because of finding the CD. And I think it was this time that she and I had been hanging out. And then I like got in the car with my friend who had been my boyfriend, but I don't think we were dating anymore. And I remember kind of like being annoyed with her. Mm. Like I was like, ugh. <laughs> I think that was the last time I saw her. It was like me being a brat. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, when you're a teenager, like. Totally. Yeah. Eight yeah. times out of ten, you're being a brat. Oh, totally. Yeah. Did you go to her funeral? Yeah. And what was that like? Um, it was a particularly intense funeral, partly because it was definitely the first funeral I've ever gone to of somebody who was my peer. Mm-hmm. But also her... This story is so sad. I'm sorry to this. <laughs> so her mom had cancer. Yeah. And her mom, at the time that she died, was like going to die any day now and so her mom died actually like two weeks after she did and so I remember mostly what I remember about the funeral was like sitting between my parents but that my dad was really affected by the idea of just like losing everyone in a month yeah and that kind of made it real in a different way for me that Mm -hmm. that he that it made I mean like it made all of us kind of question life I think. Yeah. For a little while. What was that night like after the funeral? Like you go home and you're alone in your room. Like what, do you remember at all what that sort of aftermath was like for you? I remember sort of feeling like, like I had some responsibility to be something that she couldn't now. Hmm. You what, know? Is, what does that mean for you? I don't know exactly. Like I think, I think she really was gonna like, I think maybe I felt like I like really had to pursue my dreams because she definitely was going to. Mm-hmm. She definitely was going to. She had very big plans. Yeah. And since she couldn't, it just felt it was like if she could go, then 
oh my gosh, any of us could. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it was the, it was the first realizing like, no, you just actually have to like, you can't, why are you waiting on life to happen? Like just do something. If that's true, that you you kind of feel like you pursued some of your maybe more creative dreams because of her, your friendship was pretty profound, I would think. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. And I think maybe that's, like, I think I probably would not like for the poetry I wrote when I was 15 years old to be my legacy. <laughs> and so that's part of the the conflict of, like, listening to the CD or not listening to the CD is... I want to honor who she was and what that was, yeah. but also that's actually not her legacy in my life, yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah. It is this like real feeling of you have to you have to do it. Like A, no one's gonna hand it to you and B, like try. You yeah. gotta try at least. Yeah. I mean it sounds like that obligation is what she really left you. Yeah. But do you just wanna go ahead and listen just okay. listen to it? Let's yeah. just see. It kind of feels like Acquaintances and I don't want you to think I'm just in it for myself. I'm just here to suck all the life out of you. Do you remember the song? Yeah, totally. And it's I also am pleased that it so actually represents what I that idea of her like combating her family and the not her family I mean her family they were very sweet wonderful people but the idea of like this religion she grew up with and like that she's defining herself yeah that that is like such a present part of you know track one on the CD that's what it is what grabs me and I totally mean this as like a good thing is that I hear that and I'm like Somebody loved Ani DeFranco. Oh, my God. <laughs> and But, like, that's great, right? Mm-hmm. Because that tells you what you were saying. Like, this is who she was. This is not who she would have been, yeah. right? This is not where she would have ended up. But you kind of know the kind of person she was, the kind of kid she was. She was yeah. a kid. Like, the kind of kid she was. And, like, oh, you can hear that, yeah. you know? You can hear, like, what was important to her and what music she was listening to. And, like... Yeah, those influences oh, are very it. clear. Yeah. And it's also, like... Like, there's clearly talent. Like, she would have been really great. Totally. (laughs) There's totally talent there. She was very short. She was, like, like a real little spitfire because she would, she just, like, didn't give a shit, at least. At least that's what it seemed like. Like, she must have. But she just came off as, like, just totally fearless. And then I do have, like, getting up on stage and just, like, singing your diary to strangers. Like. I don't know how people do it. I know, right? Yeah, a lot of Bonnie Franco, a lot of like Tori Amos. Yeah. You know? It's very much like of a place and time. But that's perfect. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, this is true of any art that anybody makes, but it immortalizes them, you know? It's a great song. Yeah. I mean, it is. It is. I was a little nervous you seem, that I was going to hate it. You seem much you seem so much more relieved right now, honestly. Uh, I didn't want to not like it. 
Like yeah. I was scared that I was not gonna like it, I think. Partly. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> even if it had been bad that's okay too it right? totally would have been okay absolutely would have been totally okay you know but i f- i'm glad that it was good <laughs> i mean there's three more songs like who knows but <laughs> but that was pretty good let's see what this so that one was that one's called none of your concern mm-hmm. and then the second one i think is called breathe we'll see what that one is like i'm trying to wonder what that trajectory would have been, could have been, like, what would she sound like now if yeah. she was doing it? Yeah, would she have been, like, a Taylor Swift? Or would she have been more of, like, a Paramore? Yeah, I think probably, like, a little, like, a little darker, maybe. <laughs> to give wildly outdated references, because I'm almost 40 years old, and I'm like, who would, who would she have become? She has know, those right? two options, you know? <laughs> This is like some Natalie Merchant, maybe. I think she would have, in like her college age, would have gone really dark, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, I I think, because I think that that's sort of, there's hints of that here. Yeah. That, and I think she was definitely like exploring some of that in her life at that time. But, so I think there would have been, like, maybe it would have gone like a little more punk rock, a little, a little stranger. You know, it makes me think of the, like, the women that I know who grew up in also the Nashville sort of, like, mm-hmm. rock scene. I think about, like, Beth Cameron and, and you know, those women who, like, were making music not too dissimilar from yeah. us when they were this age, totally. you know, and what they evolved into. And, like, you know, would Jordan be, you know, playing in in a band like Black Bra or, you know what I mean? I think she or, would, you know, yeah. Or, or it's great. I mean... It's sad, but uh-huh. it's great that th- you have this. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see the other songs. I'm the one is what the song is called. Oh. Oh, there's a line. I think there's a there's a line that I it's like the only line of any of her songs that I have just remembered forever. And I I'm quite certain it's in this song. And I'm the one who's only five feet tall, but I'm pretty hard to miss. This is also in that era of just like, you really are just like reading your diary mm-hmm. into a microphone. Like, mm-hmm. So interesting. Yeah, so the line is, I'm the one with a straight tooth crooked smile. Mm-hmm. And that, as a just turn of phrase, I've always has always just stuck in my head. I also do feel like being kind of like a weirdo at that age. Like, of course, this appealed to me. Of course, mm-hmm. that like out, like weirdo outsider yeah. girl rock was yeah. like, I was like, yes, that I also feel like nobody <laughs> understands me. <laughs> but then all of the outsiders come together, and then you become your own insiders, yeah. right, with each other. Exactly. Yeah. And it is a beautiful thing when, in like you said, when you're that age and things imprint on you yeah. so hard like I think about things because first of all everything is such a new experience it's like 
It's like you're. It's like in the way that babies like are seeing things for the first time, and their little minds are blown. But but then but then you're older, so you like have some sort of like awareness, and in at least your sort of beginnings of like your own philosophical ideas about what things mean or whatever, your own aesthetic or like what hits you the right way. And everything is just like a fucking revelation, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And it and everything is like so important, and you are just at the whim of like your hormones and like your in your intelligence which isn't quite as intelligent as you think it is no. and but but you but there is just this like there's this like feralness i think to kids that age yeah. that's like terrifying mm-hmm. but also like so cool at the same time yeah because what you are into at that age, like you, you will have that as part of you, even though you might grow out of it and but whatever, but you will have that attachment to that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's weird. I think for us, I might be a little bit older than you, but to think about, you know, a band like Nirvana that's on the classic rock station, but how like intensely those songs, you know, yeah. what they meant to me and listening to them or listening to Tori Amos or, yeah. you know, any of that stuff and just like, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, and like there are movies that I can acknowledge intellectually are probably not good movies. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's they're just so much a part of me yeah. that like I'm like they're it's always going to kind of make me feel away. Totally. Even if it wouldn't work on me now. Yeah. It wouldn't work, but it still always will because it did at one time. Exa- yeah. Exactly like you're saying like that just like being a raw little nerve yeah like, absolutely everything is and you're just so absorbing important. you're just like <laughs> like sucking it all in you know yeah. what i mean yeah i think i was a little like timid feels wrong but like i was shy for sure and i think like she just was like wild mm-hmm. in a way that felt really bright and like necessary mm-hmm. and it like felt amazing to be around her Oh, is this the same one again? It is, yeah. I think it's. I think we've cycled through. Okay. So I'm going to pause it. Yeah. I think what you're saying and, like, what strikes me about it is that, especially as young girls, we don't know our own power. Mm. And we don't – I mean, truly, like, I think about when I see girls that age now, I'm like, you are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Even if you mm-hmm. think feel gangly and awkward and you – have such cool ideas and like, but you don't understand that. You can't understand mm-hmm. that at that age. And then when we see, you know, girls or women that that have like our friends at that age that have that, and yeah. and you are sort of in awe of them as people because you're like, how did you figure? You know, how did you figure it out? You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, she absolutely felt figured out <laughs> in a way that I think probably she. I mean, of course she wasn't. She was yeah a child. But yeah, she just, she was also curious in a way that I think is so important and interesting. And to, and I, th- I think that's something that I learned from her. And I've probably learned it from a lot of people in a lot of different ways since then. But at that time, it was like very novel for me to for her to be so just like ready to like eat the world alive <laughs> in the best way. Yeah. Do you still talk to any of that friend group that you were a part of with her? No. Yeah. No, not at all. Which also like makes at all, me like feel at weird. all ever. No. Do you think it was her death that sort of 
broke you guys apart? Or was she the person holding you together? And so when she was gone, you really didn't have as much in common as you thought you did? I think somewhat that. I don't think it was her death, although I do think, I think it could have maybe gone the other way where her death, like, brought us all together. Could have, yeah. Um, also, it was at, it was a, a 16 years old kind of time. Like, we were all kind of maybe going to go in another direction anyway. And then her death maybe just, or maybe her, her just not being there to kind of, yeah, like, I, I can picture all of their faces mm-hmm. so clearly. And, like, remember what I thought about all of them and, like, just, like, a lot of, like, complicated teenage stuff going on. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I wouldn't even know how to get in touch with any of any of those people. That boyfriend that I was dating at the time who went to high school with her, like, I think my mom follows him on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I probably could find him, but, yeah. like, it would be out of nowhere for yeah. sure. Do you think you would still be friends with her if she had, hadn't passed away? Yeah. I mean, it's... It would it's devastating for me to think that I wouldn't. Yeah. Because I really exactly like you're saying, like I feel like I know that girl that she would have grown up mm-hmm. into. And maybe that's putting a lot of me onto her, but also I'm allowed to do that because yeah. this is my version of this, I yeah, think. Absolutely. But yeah, I think I absolutely would have. You know, when you first came in and we were chatting before we started and you were kind of talking about on the way over here that you had these feelings of like, do I have the right to talk about this? Do mm-hmm. I have the right to share this memory or or to feel this way about this memory? And I wonder if you have kind of come to, I mean, I know it hasn't been that long since, you know, 30 <laughs> minutes ago, but, I, but in the course of talking about this and listening to it, like, have you gotten your head around if this is your memory, if you have the right to this memory? Yeah, I don't think I have the right to say what she was or mm-hmm. anything like that or to, like, claim anything about her or, like, how she even felt about me or anything, you yeah. know? Like, but, but yeah, it's undeniable to me that I remain influenced by her mm-hmm. and that I probably made choices in my life after that because of wanting to make her proud. Hmm. Yeah, and then, and that... That does make this my story. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I hope I hope no one feels bad that we played her songs on a podcast. And <laughs> who, who, who would feel bad about that, do you think? I don't know. I mean, maybe her family. I don't know. I hope not. Yeah. I really, like, it really comes from just, like, such a, a real true place of, of wanting. Of, I, re- I felt bad that I hadn't ever listened to it again mm-hmm. and wanted to, like, give that to her. Mm-hmm. This, But also to honor how important she has been even you know it was a long time ago yeah it was a really long time it was a really long time ago yeah when you think about her do you have any like events or shows or memories that like stick out and you're like these are these are the ones that come to the surface the most when you think about her or is it sort of just like a collage sort of of snippets of of bits and pieces sort of, of of that life that you have with her kind of a collage but I remember, I, f- I feel like I've had this feeling a number of times, and I'm sure, I'm sure you can relate to this, but this was definitely the first time I've had this feeling of being, you know, I mean, backstage is like such an overstatement of these <laughs> venues. Right? Yeah. But like, kind of being like, in her inner circle, yeah. and like, oh, she was like, very cool. She was oh, like, sure. cute, and like, the boys like, you know, she just like, yeah. got a lot of attention, and like, yeah. and so like, being kind of like, important... She was one of those people where, like, if she she was looking at you, like, the sun was shining on you. Yeah. Like, it was just really... And just feeling, like, 
special to be like with the band. <laughs> yeah, totally. Especially at that age, yeah. right? Because, you know, we all want to feel special. And even if that means being part of somebody who, who is special, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I remember being at like one show and it was, you know, she and I had been friends for a, a while. And so like, you know, I'd heard these songs before. And yeah. so I was kind of like standing in the back and I remember like talking to somebody and kind of just feeling like, oh yeah, like I, I belong here. This is yeah. this is a real like, I'm not just here as like a hanger on. Yeah. Although I'm <laughs> probably was, but the feeling of like, oh yeah, like this is I don't know. This is like maybe what it feels like to be like a grown up artist or mm-hmm. something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When you when you were saying that just now, sort of that feeling of of belonging mm-hmm. is also a feeling I think of ownership, mm-hmm. and in some way, like these are your songs too. Like you didn't write these or play on these. This isn't you singing, but these are your songs yeah. too, right? I mean, you were around. Definitely. She like she you influenced probably the stuff as much as anything else did in her life. You know. Yeah. I hope so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I could tell that story in a bunch of different ways, and I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like we would definitely still be friends. And we would be making maybe very cool stuff together. I don't know. Yeah. That's... I feel bad that I, like, never made a music video for her. Like, all this shit that I definitely would have done. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything you could do now with these songs? I don't know, you know. Like, okay, so at when she died, I, like, you know, dabbled in poetry and things. And I, like, never wrote a poem about her. I never, because it was just, like, too raw. And then, like, I went to college and I was making weird films. And I was, like, maybe this is how I do something with her. But, like, I don't know. It just felt kind of, no, I like, I never have. I never, mm-hmm. I've asked myself that question many times in my life of, like, what can I do with that feeling? Yeah. And I don't know what the answer is. Hmm. I was just thinking, I was like, how cool of an Easter egg would it be if you ended up making a film about, you know, if not set in the 90s, has like a 90s flashback and there's like this song playing on the radio yeah, or something, you know, like what, a, what an Easter egg, you know, it's like a, it's like a Twin Peaksian kind of like, you know, like, yes. did you know that the, the, you know, the girl singing that song on the radio, you know, died when she was 15 or something. I love you know? that. Yes. I hope it, no one thinks I'm being disrespectful by saying that, but I think that there is... God, I mean, people die and it sucks and it's awful and it's like, it's such a tragedy and like, I don't personally believe there's any rhyme or reason to it. Mm -hmm. I think it's just, it's just the way that, it's just the way things work. You know, you think about like, people want to be remembered. Yes. You know, people want to have some kind of legacy, even if they don't articulate it as such. They want people to remember them for the most part. And, you know, if like, if for me, if like my legacy were that like I was a singer and somebody put my song in a in a movie yeah. and then it became like folklore because I was dead, you know, if that was like the cool, so, yeah. you know, I would be totally into that, I think, you know, even though it's like sort of macabre and creepy. But, but in a great way. I, but think, in a great I think she way. would think that was really funny. In a great way. Yeah, I think it is, you know. I think you're touching on something really important to this whole thing actually which is which is also just what this whole podcast is maybe (laughs) to some degree but the like desire to be remembered and I've been thinking about that a ton recently partly because like the world is ending and that feels like a weird way to be living but also I'm I like I don't think I'm gonna be a mom Mm -hmm. and like I've just sort of realized that Mm -hmm. and I realized that a big part of what I'm like maybe sad about that is thinking that like your kids are the people that remember you mm. and like who's going to remember me now and like obviously that's not true and I have friends and it's going to be fine but that is like the, one of the little like flags that pops up of like oh shit well who's going to care about me who's yeah. going to care about these stories who's going to like be like well my mom she used to 
you know, I don't know, yeah. do whatever the things I do that I don't know what I do. But, yeah. And so, yeah, I think that that's a piece of this is this like, what does being remembered look like? And like, probably it doesn't look like me playing the CD a lot, <laughs> but I do think about her a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's worth something. Yeah. I mean, one, I think a better name for this podcast would have been Who's Gonna Remember Me Now? <laughs> um, but you're, you are like 100% correct in that that is what this podcast is about, is mm-hmm. that I had those similar feelings of like, I have boxes of shit in my basement from dead people from mm-hmm. relatives that have died. Unfortunately, most of my family has died. And so I have tons and tons of boxes of just other people's stuff. And yeah. I also am not, a, am not a mother. I don't have children. I don't, we don't know if that's in our future, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you think about like beyond me, like what happens to all of this other stuff yeah. that has been passed down and has been lugged around and like lovingly tended to and taken out every once in a while and sh- whatever, like mm-hmm. what happens to this stuff, you know? And knowing that I wasn't the only person that had that going on, yeah. you know? And, and like my first idea was like, we should turn our dining room into like a mini museum of like, you know, and Michael's like, no, we're not doing that. You know, <laughs> it's a great so, idea, but yeah, he's also right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, that's not happening. And so, you know, the second I was like, well, talking to people, but, but, but yeah. you're right. It is about being remembered and what does that mean? And what does inheritance mean? And what, what does it mean to own something? Yeah. Whether that's a physical object or, a memory or a mm-hmm. part of a person. Yeah. You know? I don't know the answers to that. No, no. <laughs> I don't think there are answers to yeah. it, really. But so so that's always a question that I like to ask people is like, so piggybacking on that, what happens to this CD? Um, you mean when I die? <laughs> what ha- I mean, what happens to it for the next 10 years, 20 years when you die? I yeah. mean, what happens to it? Well, I really like your idea. So I might just write a <laughs> script just to like sneak it in because that's fantastic. You know, I do have this like little old makeup box that has all the mix CDs that anybody has ever made me in mm-hmm. there. And they're probably, they probably won't even play in like the next 10 years. Whatever happens with technology. And yeah. it's a very ephemeral medium. But it definitely is going to, return to the place at the top of that box. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I think I, I mean, I, the other thing is, is it's like, other people must have this CD too. Mm. Yeah. This, so this is a homemade CD. Yeah. So did she sell these at her shows or she just give them out or do you, how did you get this? Do you remember? Well, that's the top of it says like for, or like on the CD itself, it says like for oh, yeah, emotional use. Does, so I think yeah. it was like something that she planned to take to radio stations or something. Yeah. 1998 and then there's a phone number is that her phone number i don't know it must have been i mean her family doesn't live here anymore so it's interesting to think about that there could be copies of this like at goodwill or or mckay's i don't know there's not a barcode on it so i don't know but there could be you know there are copies of this in that people that don't know her own this yeah you know yeah definitely because it wasn't a thing i think i just had it because i was a friend of hers like i don't think she was giving them away Mm mm-hmm but, so what do you think happened to all of them? I don't know. I mean, they must they must have been distributed to some degree. Yeah. I mean, do you think you're the only person that still has it? It can't be. It can't be true. Could be true. <laughs> well, in that case, <laughs> that I make it even weirder. Yeah, you're like, great. I never considered that. So now we thanks. can never play it again. Yeah. So we can't let it get scratched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There was a um, a benefit concert for her family after she died at the exit in, and. Hmm. So I feel like everybody there must have 
walked away with something. That's kind of a large venue for that. What was the benefit? Was it for like burial costs and things like that or... It must have been something. Yeah. I mean, I think I think because of that just double tragedy of, yeah. of her mom and her. Yeah, everyone going at once. I think it was just the... Man, it's tough. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly. Hmm. And at the time, like, I remember the gal from Venus Hum. Do you remember Venus I Hum? I do, yeah. yeah. Like, she, she played. And so it was like, you know, I mean, it was just friends, but it was like a little bit of, you know, and yeah, the accident's kind of a... Yeah, thing. So yeah. I feel like maybe like it's not, least, no, it's not nothing. It's not, not nothing. Somebody there must have this CD too. Yeah, or is there like a real CD that's not the weird promotional <laughs> one? <laughs> and I'm just the one that got like weird. Like, oh here, <laughs> it's great. I think she would definitely be pissed if people weren't talking about her. <laughs> I think that for sure. <laughs> so you fulfilled at least part of of what you think. There you go. She yeah. Would want you know? How do you feel having talked about this now? It feels really good, actually. Does it? Yeah. Good. Yeah, it feels really good to just, like, spend an hour thinking about her. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad it felt good. Yeah. You feel so much happier now after we got playing it out of the way. <laughs> you you came in just, like, you were you were like a, a cyclone. You I could feel all of your nervous energy. You know what I mean? I know. I know. It's not so bad. Yeah, no. I think it's good. And I think I'm allowed to say everything I said. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you said you didn't. I mean, unless there are like deep, dark secrets about her that you want to tell. Yeah, no. But like you said, you guys weren't doing any of that stuff yet. No, you know, truly. You might have like I don't know. Like I'm trying to think at that age, what I was doing like like we were like having dudes buy us booze at Wendell Smith's. Yeah, but that's about it. You know. Yeah, she like she went to Germany at one point and came back and like taught me how to say things in German and like, you know like, just like <laughs> so naughty being, being bilingual so naughty yeah that's hilarious that's funny is there anything else that you want anybody to to know about her I don't know she might be the coolest person I've ever met wow yeah really maybe I mean also she never has like disappointed you yeah she just gets to be this like insane bright star yeah she's never disappointed me and I hope I've made her proud Dicey emailed me the next day after her interview because she had had, as she put it, an embarrassing revelation. Those friends that she never saw again once Jordan died, the ones she assumed had also stopped seeing each other, the more she thought about it, she realized this was short-sighted. She didn't go to school with them, and besides Jordan, there was a boyfriend that had become an ex, so her ties to that social group were completely cut off. In reality, she said, she was probably the one that moved on from them. I want to thank my guest, Dicey Wildman. You can keep up with her film projects at DiceyWildman.com. The show is produced by We Own This Town. Thank you to Nashville's fairy pod mother, Michael Eads. Original music composed by Ryan Briegel. I set out to do a six-episode series, and I have done that, so I'm going to take a bit of a break and regroup with a brand new set of interviews, hopefully in early spring, so please stay tuned. If you're interested in being interviewed, you can reach me on Instagram at Memento Story. Story is spelled with an I. Thank you so much for listening and for your support.
of my last fortunate acquaintances and I don't want you to think I'm just in it for myself I'm just here to suck all the life out of you and it's not your concern who I am and it's not your concern who I've become and it's not your concern if I'm But it's not 